Steve Lance, your host of the Capitol Report on NTD News. If you have not done so yet, please hit that subscribe button to stay up to date with all of the latest news coming out of the nation's capital and beyond. Some Democrats eager to decouple from the defund the police slogan pushed a package of police funding and reform bills today. While some Republicans supported pieces of the package, others pushed back claiming it will federalize local policing. Here's NTD's Melina Wisecup with the details. This police reform legislation is a package of bills. One of those bills would provide federal funding to smaller local law enforcement agencies. Another bill would create a new grant program designed to train and dispatch mental health professionals um, to respond to emergencies which involve people with behavioral health issues. But for departments to qualify for this new grant money, there's a catch. The Mental Health Justice Act of 2022 reads that the federal government will manage the program in consultation with the Department of Justice. Intervention, de-escalation training, public health and social work training, all administered by the increasingly corrupt and politicized Department of Justice. This legislation would expand the federal bureaucracy unnecessarily, take over the responsibility of local governments, and add even more strings to federal funding for the Biden administration or future administrations to impose their woke agenda. Most all Republicans voted no, with all Democrats voting yes. Two other bills in the package provide grants, one for violence intervention, the other to help stop violent crime. As the chief of police in Orlando, we were laser focused on reducing violent crime. I asked my colleagues who love to talk about violent crime, join us in helping to reduce violent crime. But we were able to do so because we had the resources to do so. And 30 Republicans indeed joined the Florida Democrat in passing her bill. Another police funding bill, the Invest to Protect Act, won overwhelming support from both sides, with 153 Republicans joining Democrats with a yes vote, though nine Democrats, so-called progressives, opposed it. Across our country, we have seen a rise in crime, and this is at a time when it's harder than ever to hire, recruit, and retain officers. It's clear if you want to make something better, you don't get there by cutting or defunding. You need to make smart, targeted investments. It would provide grant money to police departments with fewer than 200 officers to help them recruit more officers, purchase new equipment, and more. But even amid considerable Republican support for the police funding bill, some in the GOP say the timing is telling. An election just over a month away, House Democrats now want to pretend they actually support law enforcement. The Invest to Protect Act has the best chance of succeeding, considering the overwhelming support from Republicans in the House. Reporting in Washington, D.C., Melina Wisecup, NTD News. And to assess this new bill on policing, we sat down with Congressman Russ Fulcher of Idaho earlier today. Idaho Congressman Russ Fulcher, thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure. Thanks for having me today. Congressman, uh, your colleagues on the other side, the Democrats today, they're really pushing a bill to vote on to fund the police. Um, why do you think we're seeing this sudden push? Imagine that, you know, uh, after this long-standing effort to defund the police, restructure law enforcement in America and, uh, and make it much more of a social program, now all of a sudden they have a, a, a mindset change. And shocking, isn't it? I mean, uh, uh, you, you look at the, the crime levels in Chicago and, and New Orleans and, and they are seeing the blowback of that. 
they see the American people are just disgusted with this whole effort in, uh, in trying to govern with a, a nation that doesn't honor rule of law anymore. And so now, 40 days prior to an election, all of a sudden, maybe they're starting to see the light. Congressman, you uh, mentioned the elections. Uh, it's a time when I'm sure you hear more from your constituents from both sides of the uh, the aisle. Um, what are you hearing are some of the main issues? Very, very clearly. It's, you got inflation and the, the gas prices, the grocery prices right up there. You've got the whole energy issue. You've got the security issue, which is both rule of law and law enforcement and supporting that and the southern border. Uh, where the, the horrifically bad trafficking is taking place and the, the illegal immigration. And you know what? That's the case all the way across my state. And I've been going to other states as well, trying to help some of my colleagues in their election races. And it's the same there. It doesn't matter. Red state, blue state, swing state, uh, it, the same issues. And that's it. It's inflation and security in one form or another, one of those two things. Congressman, why do you think we're seeing a lot of Democratic voters, um, specifically a lot of uh, immigrant uh, constituents and voters, that are leaning toward the Republican stance on illegal immigration? Because uh, they're getting overrun. They're seeing the negativity that the mainstream media refuses to report or tries to filter. You know, they, they, they're realizing that an open border is not compassion. An open border is tragic for everyone, the, the existing American citizen taxpayer and for the people coming across the border. If you don't have a filter, if you don't have a, a rule of law and rules governing the process, then by default, in our case, the cartels take over and they're controlling it. And their interests are human trafficking, drug trafficking, uh, the whole uh, uh, illegal immigration uh, component where they make money off of. People see that. You don't have to, it's not, it's a nonpartisan issue. Everyone is being damaged by this. The Democrats are seeing that, which is one of the main reasons why I think we're going to see a significant change in November. Over in Texas, cartels from Mexico are now considered foreign terrorists. Governor Greg Abbott declared this in an executive order he signed on Wednesday. Abbott blamed the cartels for the growing fentanyl crisis in the state. He says he wants to reclassify fentanyl overdoses as fentanyl poisoning. Then drug providers would be charged with murder if someone dies of an overdose. And last week, Senator Marco Rubio introduced a bill that would make it a felony murder charge to distribute fentanyl if it resulted in death. The senator said, quote, this deadly drug is widespread throughout our country and has left no community untouched. This bill would make drug dealers pay the price for selling deadly fentanyl. In Rubio's home state of Florida, authorities this week shut down a fentanyl operation and seized more than eight kilograms of the drug. That's enough to kill more than four million people. When the pandemic ushered in a so-called new normal of remote learning, this opened the door for parents to see what their children were actually learning in school. Well, what they found out might be surprising to some. Here to discuss, we have the founder of the nonprofit Freedom Forever, Landon Starbuck. Landon Starbuck, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks so much for having me. Now, the pandemic seems to have opened up a Pandora's box of sorts with parents getting a bird's eye view of their children's curriculum. What have moms like you been finding? 
Well, we've been seeing an agenda, sadly, to sexualize children. Uh, it wasn't just the porn in the libraries, it's in the schools, it's on the Chromebooks. And um, this agenda to sexualize kids is about uh, Marxism infiltrating the academic institutions from the top down. And we're seeing this um, erosion of childhood innocence. And that is fundamentally because they believe that children's innocence are a, a construct of cis heteronormativity that has to be dismantled. It's interesting, you mentioned Marxism. Uh, how widespread is this? And have you figured out what or who is actually behind this? Well, I think a lot of you know, nefarious interests benefit from a Marxist um, ideological education. And I think that we've seen that uh, all across the United States in some form, Marxism has penetrated the education system because on a national standard, government education has to be allegiant um, down to the cellular level in the cities and the states. And this is why we're seeing things like school choice bills so that we can escape the bondage of these mandates that are Marxian theory, critical theory, um, and indoctrinating our children. Now, because a light has actually been shined on this situation, there is some pushback from certain groups. There's something called Ban Books Week going on right now where librarians across the country who are in support of this can promote these books that you're talking about. Uh, what would you recommend to concerned parents out there? Absolutely. Well, my nonprofit, Freedom Forever, put out a call to action yesterday encouraging parents to go and document print out the printouts of the obscene content that they are promoting to children. I actually went to my library yesterday and had a conversation with a librarian who was proud to promote these banned books, yet she had no idea what was in one of the most problematic books, um, which is This Book is Gay, where they actually encourage kids to go online and meet adults for uh, on sexual websites where they give instructionals on obscene content. Um, I can't even say some of this on, on air so of what they're subjecting our children to. So once we had that conversation, we were able to take that next step and that is what we've outlined for parents so that they can actually take action. Now, a prominent group called Gays Against Groomers uh, has actually just been canceled by some of these major corporations. These are gay folks against all of this gender ideology that you're speaking about. Uh, what do you make of this? Well, I, I love what they're doing, and I think it's remarkable how they've gotten together and they have been such dedicated activists for this cause. They've been so effective that they're being canceled. That's how you know you're being effective. When you start getting censored, when you start getting banned, when people start saying, oh no, you know, Landon Starbuck is coming to our library, look out for her, then you know that you are over the target. So I commend what they're doing, and I hope that they keep expanding, and I'll continue supporting the work they do. Landon Starbuck, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks so much for having me. I just want to thank everybody for listening to this episode. If you enjoy our content, please leave us a rating and a review as it really goes a long way in helping us spread the truth. Until next time, I'm your host, Steve Lance at NTD, and we'll see you soon.